I'll tell you this, God certainly has given us a gift that does matter to us. A child is born. To us, a son is given. So we're going to spend a few minutes this morning thinking of gifts that matter. Let's pray. God, thank you for sending Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us as your followers to give the light of the world. Fill us with your spirit. Help this to be more than just a church service. Help our hearts to be open to change and move and go wherever your spirit blows and calls us to go. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2 and verses 1 and 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. God was giving the world, the whole world, a gift, the light of the world. And here come travelers, worshipers, wise men to do what? To give him gifts. He's giving gifts to the whole world. They came to give Jesus a gift. I love this text I got this week from one of my brothers here in, in, the, uh, in the church. What gift will we give to Jesus this Christmas? The word says that the things we do for the weak and needy, we also are doing for him. I wonder if you have on your Christmas list, like you got a Christmas list and you got, you know, the people you got to buy for and you got to put their gifts under the tree. I wonder if you have Jesus's name on your list. I got to get a gift for Jesus this year. And if you do something for someone else, it's like wrapping up a gift and sliding it under the tree for Jesus. If you do it for the least of these, especially, you're doing it for him, is what the Bible says. And this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about how much the Magi gave. They, gave. they gave, first of all, this. They gave the gift of time. That's what the Magi gave first. This was not some trip that's over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. This was much longer than that. And I think we get confused because... We, we have our little Christmas, you know, scenes and our the crash and stuff like that in our homes. I love those. I'm glad we have those in our homes. I'm glad we have those around. But sometimes they're a little confusing because we got, uh, I was going to say Moses and Jerry there, but it's actually Joseph and Mary. Joseph and Mary. We got Joseph and Mary. We got baby Jesus. We got some animals. Um, we might have angels singing. We might have a star. And then we got some shepherds. And then what else do we have? Three wise men. But see, that's, that's not what the Bible says. That's incorrect. It's okay. I mean, you don't have to go break your wise men or something at your house. It's all right, okay? It's still the story. But they weren't there in the barn or in the cave or out in, out in the place where Jesus was born. The wise men were not there. See, Matthew 2, verse 11 says, when they arrived in Bethlehem, they went to the house. They went to the house. So time has passed in Bethlehem. Perhaps Joseph is working. Maybe they're renting a house or they found someone to live with. And we know that the star, the star that was over the place where he was born, they saw that from the east. And by the time they travel and they get to see King Herod, and then from there they go visit that house, and then from then they leave and they, they go back home, and then Herod figures out he's been tricked. It may have been as much as a two-year journey for them. Two years 
That's the gift of time they may have given. We think that possibly because Herod had all the boys under the age of two killed in Bethlehem, trying to kill Jesus. And it's a side note to the story, but it's a horrible part of the Christmas story, isn't it? It's not a part we like to think about. Herod Herod was a horrible, horrible person. He's the king of Israel, the king of God's people, but he was a paranoid, delusional maniac is what he was. He was a nut. He was always fearful someone would try to assassinate him and take his throne. Josephus writes all about what he did. Killed many, many, many of his family members. And this kind of darkness still is in our world today, isn't it? We saw it this week with the, with the uh, emperor or the king or the president of North Korea. Paranoid. Kills his uncle. The light of Jesus is needed now as much as ever. But back to the wise men. We don't know how far they came. We don't know how much time. But suffice it to say, it was a significant amount of time. It was a significant distance that they came. The trip took a lot of time. I love the story about Billy Crystal. You guys know Billy Crystal. He's a funny actor. And I love the story about him when he was uh, working out in L.A., living in New York City, his daughter's ninth birthday. He called her in the morning. He said, sweetie, I'm so sorry. I can't make it for your birthday party. I've got to work today. She was disappointed. He, you know, he consoled her. He said, look, I've sent a present. It'll be there in a while. It'll be on the porch. A little bit later, the doorbell rings. Billy Crystal's daughter runs to the door. She opens the door, and it's a huge present. It's big. And she just starts to open it right there on the porch. And as she opens it up, out pops Billy Crystal out of the box. And he said his daughter hugged him for what felt like five minutes. Because why? Did she want a present, or did she want his presence? She wanted her dad. She wanted him to be there. She wanted his time. And that is the gift that he gave to his daughter that day. That's a great story for all of us to think about in our lives. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 says, Paul says this to this church. He says, we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Because you have become so dear to us. Some of you are the people who work in your family. You have a job, and you make the money, and you bring home the bacon, and you pay the bills. And I want to tell you this. I guarantee you, whether they say it or not, I'll say it for them. Thank you for doing that. Your family is grateful for what you do to go to your job and make money. But I want to tell you this. There's a job for you of balancing your time with going to your work and making sure you give enough time also to your family. What if this year, if you decided not to make so much money, but to make some time for your family? Some of you do the domestic stuff at your house. You're the one who cleans. You're the one who cooks. You're the one who washes. You're the one who takes care and makes sure the whole place is running and it doesn't fall apart. And I want to say it for your family. If they don't say it to you, thank you that you clean your house and that you take care of it and keep keep it going and keep it running. Thank you for doing that. I guarantee you they appreciate it. And they're thankful for what you do. But what if you were to decide this Christmas that you were going to not just clean the house, you're going to clean an evening out of your schedule on your calendar every week to be together, to stop and be together 
and not work and not clean and let it go for an evening and just be with your family in their presence. Some of you kids, you teenagers, you youngsters, all of us old people are so thankful that you know how to use technology. None of us could turn on our TV if it wasn't for you. Thank God you're in our houses or that you come visit our houses. And we're thankful that you know how to use technology, but what if you teenagers and kids led the way in saying to your family, let's do one night a week that's no technology night. No iPhones, no iPods, no laptops, no TV. Let's just be together. Let's go get this thing called Monopoly. What is that? Let's see. Let's open it up and look inside and see what that is. And let's just sit around the table and be together. What if you kids led in that way? What if you gave your time to some of these young families who have kids Look around, there's a bunch of kids in our church, and some of these moms and dads need a night out to go on a date. What if some of you teens said, I'm going to give you a free night, and you gave them a coupon, free night of babysitting. Go enjoy yourself. I love, one of my, one of my, I love what one of my kids did for me a couple of Christmases ago. Gave me a little coupon book that had things in it like one free hug or one free back rub or uh, you know, one free coffee at the coffee shop if you'll buy it, Dad, you know, and that kind of thing. And I love that because, because my child is saying, I, I want to give you my time. And I've used some of those, and some of them save them for just the right moment. Yesterday was one year anniversary of the Sandy Hook shooting in Texas. December 14th. 26 children were killed by a gunman at their school. And yesterday I was listening to a radio program of one family whose daughter was named Anna. and She was killed in the shooting. The radio story was about how they're trying to move on, how they're trying to forgive, how they're trying to live their life. And the mom spoke about the importance of remembering all the good times their family had with their daughter so they could overcome the bad memories of yesterday with the good memories. Sounds like the Bible. Overcome evil with good she said most important to her was not december 14th but december 13th the day before she said on that day even though their house was a mess and there was something that had been broken that was still laying on the floor and there was shopping to be done and there was still errands to run before Christmas and they were busy, 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 but for some reason she and her husband decided that their family just needed some quality time together. So they left it all and got in the car and they went to their favorite restaurant and they sat there and they ate their favorite food and they took silly pictures and they had dessert and they... And they they, they sat there and told stories. They lingered at the table. They stayed longer than they should have. They stayed up too late. They even went for a walk together. They just did this. They spent time. They spent time together. And that mom said, I'll never regret the decision to set aside the urgent for the important. This year, as I said about Billy Crystal, how about giving your presents instead of presents? How about giving your presents? Or maybe along with presents. If you were going to get me a present, go ahead. That's all right, okay? I don't mind. But along with that, how about also your presents? P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. -E -E. Did I spell that right? Did I? Okay, thanks. I'm glad. That would have 
That would have been bad. All right, well, that's the first one. And then let's just do these next three really quick. I'm going to rush through these really fast. The second one is the gift of possessions. You're like, oh, great. We're going to talk about money at Christmas time? What in the world? Well, maybe a little different than you might think. Here it is. On coming to the house, as we said, the, ma- the Magi saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense, incense and myrrh. These gifts were symbolic. Brian talked about that last week. I appreciate him saying that. Gold for a king, incense for the priest that Jesus is for all of us, myrrh for the spice for his death that he would, that he would give his life for us. But they're also very expensive. These are practical gifts. Did you know Joseph and Mary were poor? Did you know that? We have proof of that in the Bible. The proof is when they went to the temple... You're supposed to make a sacrifice, and you could make a sacrifice of a lamb for your newborn child, but if you were poor and you couldn't afford it, you'd just make a sacrifice of two birds, and that's what Joseph and Mary sacrificed, two birds, because they were poor people. But now they have thousands of dollars sitting in front of them. These were very expensive gifts. What in the world are they going to do with thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars? Well, they're about to get orders to go to Egypt from an angel, aren't they? How are they going to travel there? How are they going to live when they get there? Well, God's providing for them. And I want to tell you this. There are some people who are here today in our church family who need cash. Did you know that? Some of us have lots of cash. And we're trying to imagine ways to spend it by reading magazines like the silly pictures I showed you before to try to figure out something to get for someone that they don't need and probably will sell in a garage sale. And there are some in our church family who literally need some basics this year. They need their car fixed. There's some people in our church who need some clothes, who need some utilities paid for. And are they perfect people? Have they done everything right all the time and always never made a mistake? And have they made perfect financial decisions? No, they haven't. But I'll tell you this, there are people who are trying. They're trying to learn how to live a new way of following Christ. And your gift could be a huge blessing to get them through a tough time, a tough season. There's these delivery of toys and coats and food that we're going to make this week, the teenagers are going to make. And there's going to go a bicycle for each kid. And so if you want to contribute to some of that, you could still contribute some money to help with that. There's lots of ministries to provide for people in third world countries that you could get involved in. Many of us, dozens probably in our church, are involved in Compassion International and support children who wouldn't have food and education. So if you want to, if you say this morning, I want to give some of my possessions, you give it to one of our elders, you give it to Barbara, our secretary, you can hand it to me, and we'll make sure that this month it gets distributed out in places where people need it. Thirdly, Time, possessions, and then the gift of encouragement. I like the saying that says, Some bring joy wherever they go. Some bring joy whenever they go. I'd like to try to be the first. How about you? It doesn't cost much to encourage people. Think about Mary. No one believed this woman. No one believed her except her fiancé eventually, but she, she moves. She has to move away from her home, and perhaps Joseph is working, and here she is at home with a little baby, and there must have been times of discouragement. And these wise men show up at the house, and this must have encouraged her. Take some time during this season, during the shopping and decorating and cooking and wrapping and the busyness to just stop and think about people that you know who are probably discouraged 
Anybody know someone who might be discouraged right now? A visit, a card, an invitation, a phone call might be the best gift that they could receive to receive light into their life this year from you. Encouragement is not costly. Shower people with it liberally every day. And finally this. Time, possessions, encouragement, and finally, the gospel. The gospel. I think it's ironic that we're giving so much this month, but we can easily forget why we're giving. We're giving because God, the Father, gave Jesus the Son. That's why we're giving. He sent him into this world to be the Savior. He lived for a while among us. He served instead of being served, and then he died in our place. He was buried in a tomb, and he defeated death by rising up on the third day. He's alive today. He sits by the Father in heaven, and he will return soon to take you and I home. That is the gift of Christmas. That is the gospel. The good news that God gave us the gift of Jesus so that Jesus could offer you the gift of eternal life. And that's no dumb sky mall gift that's going to get sold in a garage sale. That's a gift that's going to last forever. And here's the amazing thing to me, and I think we forget this too, is that we can join God in offering this gift to the people around us. You can do that this season. An invitation to church, an offer to pray for a friend during a tough time, or that always awkward question about what your friend believes about God, and your offer to say, can I share with you what I've read in the Bible, what I've experienced in my life. Here's the deal, folks. There are lots of ways to do it. But when all is said and done, this is the one thing that usually doesn't get said or done, is sharing the gospel. And it's also the one gift that everyone on planet Earth needs this Christmas. So pray for opportunities to join God in the work of giving eternal life to the people who don't have it. I'm going to finish today by having our kids come back up on stage real quick. All you kids who would have been in children's church this morning, hurry up. I've got a gift for you. Hurry, hurry, quick, quick. Come on, stand right up here. Line up in a line right here. First.